This is The Week Ahead, brought to you by Advisorpedia and powered by Tematica Research. I'm Chris Versace, Tematica's Chief Investment Officer, and joining me once again at my side to break down what happened last week and what investors need to pay attention to in the week ahead is Tematica's Chief Macro Strategist, Lenore Hawkins. Morning. Hello. Good morning, Lenore. How are you? <laughs> morning, Sunshine. <laughs> Up Good and morning. Good Up morning. Good morning. So I know we have a lot to get to uh, yep. this past week. There was some stuff on infrastructure. There was some stuff on the banks. There's some stuff on the Fed and perhaps the rejiggered definition of transitory. But before we talk about that, it was actually a pretty big week for us here at Tomatica. Now, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of was. Kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty cool, I have to say. And so, so what, I'm, what I'm referring to is, you know, over the last uh, 12, 18 months, we've been working with firms in Europe to bring our investment themes uh, and indices to market in the form of ETFs. And um, last week, we, we had a new milestone in that we cracked the U.S. market uh, with Amplify ETFs that launched the Amplify Cleaner Living ETF, which, as Lenore and I know, and now you know, uh, reflects our cleaner living investment theme. Lenore, do you want to give folks a and, nutshell and, on that? Oh, and it has quite possibly the coolest ticker ever, Detox, D-T-O-X. In case one wants to <laughs> detox their portfolio. Correct? Exactly. <laughs> and it's all about just the, the trend we see all over the world for cleaner homes, cleaner workplaces, cleaner environment, cleaner transportation, cleaner products to put on your body, cleaner food to put in your body, cleaner products to use around your home, things like Trex decking that is uh, mostly made of uh, recycled plastic bags. Correct. Yeah. And, and just, just to clarify, when you say a cleaner work environment, you don't mean that cleaning crews are coming in. You mean it. You're, and I you're, don't you're, mean <laughs> the loss of dirty jokes either. Because <laughs> those are important. Right, right. Right. Those. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, you just got to be careful who you share them with. Um, but, but, but what you're talking about is cleaner cleaning materials. You're talking about yep. um, natural organic ingredients, paraben-free ingredients, things that are less harsh for the environment, less, har less harsh on the skin, yep. um, which, which spans not only new types of building materials, like you were saying, in terms of recycled plastics, but others. Um, but we're also seeing the uptake in... Um, electric vehicles and other electric modes of transportation and, and some other things. So all, all in all, it's, it's capturing that consumer shift towards uh, better for you, better for the environment products. And we're, to, to say we're excited is uh, something of an understatement. And what a week to get started on, given uh, so <laughs> the, the last week, the markets were once again hitting record closes. Um, last Thursday, actually, the NASDAQ mm -hmm, closed mm -hmm. at a record high for the 17th time in 2021. And the S&P 500 made its 30th record close. Uh, the long bond, like all this inflation fears, as we've been saying, all these inflation fears seem to be toning down because the long bond yield remaining about fairly steady, about 2.1%. Um, crude oil prices, still a bit of a problem, rose back above $73 a barrel. And gold, as you would expect, as these inflation fears are starting to wane, uh, dropped lower to about uh, $1,775 an ounce. And the VIX, interesting, 
<clears throat> talk about complacency. Mm-hmm. The VIX fell below 16 and is now near the pre-pandemic lows. A lot of complacency. And actually, when you look at sentiment, this is this is something to really be paying attention to. So the latest investors intelligence poll showed that the bull camp uh, expanded 2.4% to 56.5%. At the same time, the bear share contracted half a point to 15.8%. Now that means there's about four bulls for every bear. That is very much an extreme condition and that's reflected in the VIX, right? So we've got confirming data points. Um, The AAII poll uh, similar showed the bulls at 40.4%, bears at 23.3. Again, that's an extreme gap relative to historical norms. And if you look at the Citibank panic euphoria, you know, this is the one that's where is the market? Is it in panic mode? Is it in euphoria mode? It remains well above the euphoria threshold of 0.41%. So this all goes to the market has priced in. Everything is just fantastic. And it just (laughs) is only going to get better. But you and I know that that's not always the case. And generally speaking, when we see such uh, a skew in this type of polling data, more often than not, it kind of suggests that um, a number of investors might be late to the party and that we could see a little bit of a near-term top. Historically, when you've had this, these levels, you do see a pullback. But as we have seen with this market, those euphoric tops could last longer than you think is ever reasonable. Oh, no, no, no. Ab- ab- absolutely um, true. But, but, but what's I, different I, this time, there's, there's a little, what is different this time is we don't have a Fed saying, yeah, yeah, we got your back. So that's a little bit different, oh. but but we do have the fiscal side, which is trying to have your back, where we just got uh, news that there may be some sort of an agreement reached on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the infrastructure bill. Right. I, I, I just wonder, though, that, you know, the market reacts to that earlier than not. And I and we pile it all on. I, I question what are we going to find out or what can be said, what can be done in the back half of the year? to drive the market 10% higher, 15% higher. Do you know what I mean? Totally agree. It's it's going to have to be pretty spectacular. Um, and I think what we see now, given how elevated, right? Because you want to buy when everyone's like, it's all over. And you yeah. want to sell when everybody thinks everything is just going to go fantastic. Um, I think what we're seeing now is, is an environment in which selling the news is a good idea. For example, with this, this, the reports on a potential uh, infrastructure bill. Now to keep in mind too, there's less than 60 votes for it right now in the Senate, which doesn't mean it's a sure thing to get through. Um, it's a 1 trillion, so the, they've agreed in theory on a 1 trillion infrastructure plan, um, nearly 600 billion in new spending, over 300 billion for transportation and tens of billions on water infrastructure, broadband, environmental remediation power and the electric grid. And what's really awesome about this is the funding is going to come from new IRS enforcement <laughs> in part. So that's, that's. I mean, I think that's got everyone pretty happy. That sounds like fun. Um, they're also gonna be selling some 5G wireless spectrum, um, but, uh, and then some private public partnerships, but really it's that IRS enforcement that that's got to have people pretty happy. Yeah, I know. So let, let me ask you this. So um, that spending on broadband, does that get you 
does that up your conviction or what we what we have at Tematica, which is our digital infrastructure and connectivity theme and index? Does that get you a little more bulled up than you were before? Or does that add to the 5G conviction? I think it, it reinforces we keep hearing governments around the world talking about how this is critical for global competitiveness. A, a nation that doesn't have a solid digital infrastructure is just not going to be able to keep up. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I do think the, the you mentioned that 65 billion in 5G wireless spectrum sales, the more spectrum that's out there in the marketplace and used by the carriers, the greater the coverage, yeah. perhaps the quicker of a development that we can see for some of these longer term applications, AR, VR, um, telemedicine as well. Autonomous. As, um, correct. You know, that's, yeah, that's, like that, that, that's like that word aluminum. Sometimes I can't say it correctly. Alum <laughs> Aluminium. Quite, quite. Okay. <laughs> um, now we, we also got the start of the month PMI data, both from IHS yeah. market and from ISM. What did your analysis turn up? Well, it's basically exactly what we have been talking about for the past few months that we expect to see slowdown in the second half of the year. And we are starting to see that the composite PMIs fell in May, still high, but they're, they're rolling over. Um, the chief economist at IHS Market, Chris Williamson, said that the second quarter will likely represent a peaking in the pace of economic growth. So he's on our page. Um, and, and when you're looking at that and saying, okay, well, why do I care? Well, it's because the financial markets respond to changes at the margin. So as we look forward to the weeks and months to come, data like this is most likely going to further solidify new market leadership, which means growth over value and defensive over pro-cyclical. Um, we also saw a deceleration in the month over month Kansas City Fed composite. So it was similar. It was hit 27, similar to May. So it rose up a little bit, but still well below what we saw in April. Because we're not talking for the, we're not saying the economy is going to like crash over into recession. Right, we're right. saying that that those expectations that that crazy, crazy year over year pace in the first half of the year is not what we're going to see well, in it, the second half it, of the year. It can't. I mean, yeah. we came, you and I talked about this last time, which is we came to the most pronounced global slowdown stop we've ever seen. And in the second half of 2020, things started to pick back up. They weren't at normal levels, no, but that's going to make the comparisons that much harder. So it stands mm -hmm. to reason that the huge year-over-year -year comparisons that we're seeing in um, March, April, May, June are going to get that much more tighter, if you will, um, in the months ahead. So, and, and we still have, we have issues with the labor market that are starting to become oh, yeah. more glaring and I think are going to be more difficult to just, ah, it's going to work its way out. Well, um, I, know, I, I, know, I know you have some comments um, from those reports. I, I'm going to add to that when I talk about what companies said this week, because companies are, are, are flat out calling it out as well. Yeah, we've got, so from the PMI reports, um, some select comments from companies saying that it's very difficult to find entry-level employees. Um, others saying with the lack of willing and able entry-level workers, we are choosing to invest more in equipment and automation, which over time should leave our company to have a lower number of workers with a higher level of skills. And what's interesting too, when you look at that, is that at the same time, new claims for unemployment benefits fell to 411,000 from a revised 400K in the prior period. This was well above market expectations for 380. 
The total number of claimants remains close to pandemic lows um, that was reached earlier this month. But what I think is really interesting is if businesses are citing labor shortages as their top concern and telling the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the NFIB all about these job openings they have, then why on earth are they firing people at double (laughs) the pace of what ordinarily constitutes a normally functioning labor market? Like, why is that happening? Why are we seeing all this firing. There's a lot more going on here. I mean, yes, we still have the issues with labor market people saying that they're they're concerned. Like we're seeing a lot of people coming out of hospitality because they are concerned. Okay, I get that, except you can't get the vaccine. And are really that many people choosing to not get vaccinated? We're hearing that people are having trouble finding daycare. Okay. When is that going to work itself out, right? Like, how long are these? How long are, are these stories going to going to sit? It looks like something has fundamentally changed in the labor market. It, I, I think so. I, I think a lot of that going going back to the office, going into work uh, for white collar jobs and uh, daycare, like you're talking about, it it all it all points to September. That that's when we'll know if that aspect. I agree. If, yeah. As they say, the the rubber hits the road. But it it sounds to me though, that if you're complaining you can't get people and you're firing people, I agree. There's something structural that's going on. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, more automation, perhaps? Uh, yes. I mean, we, that's that was back in 2020. That was a one area of substantial growth. Uh, we've seen productivity has increased more than in the prior decade. These are all good signs for companies, the productivity of the economy and all that, not good sign for lower paid workers. But it seems like companies are having a tough time hiring them in the first place. So something's really fundamentally changed here and that's going to need to get worked out. And that is a headwind. This, 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 these challenges in the labor market are a headwind. So when we're thinking, oh, the economy is going to be growing so fast, things are going so well. Yeah. Okay. Except for what's going on with this labor pool that's really struggling to find the right person for an open position. I'll, I'll give you an anecdotal confirmation of uh, automation. You ready? When I go through the McDonald's drive-through, a robot pours my drink. Pretty cool. When I go through Chick-fil-A, a human pours my drink. How long until Chick-fil-A migrates yeah. over to robots? Yeah, it's happening. Um, but it, so in, in general, last week, uh, what we saw was just confirming data points of the pace of the economy starting to really slow, which is what we are expecting to see in the back half of the year. Things are still good. It's not we're not a recession, not anything like that. It's just that crazy pace is definitely slowing. We would expect to see kind of weaker numbers in the back half, the durable good orders. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it slowed more than expected. It was still up 2.3% month over month, but the mostly that headline was transportation, which is really lumpy. So if you take out the transport headline was up just 0.3%, that's really light compared to the estimates for 0.7. So less than half. Um, and a, a key component of this report is the core CapEx orders, which is non-defense capital goods, X aircraft. And that's, that's the most reliable and it dropped 0.1%. So, and it, that's against expectations for an increase of 0.6. So mm. yeah, <laughs> slowing. 
no, I don't like that. no, no, mm. it's not that. I yes, yes, mm. that's that, <laughs> that's, that's a technical it's an, it's, it's an economic term. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't recall my professors teaching me that. I might have missed it. <laughs> that's the okay. mm phase in the economy. <laughs> got it, got it. Let's let's uh, move on because I, I know that there was some stuff going on with the Fed last week, yeah. um, and I know that you and I have been particularly focused on the the use of that one word, transitory. Yeah, uh, the Fed's favorite word this year, but but it sounds like they some of the some of the Fed might have be quietly redefining what that really is, what that word means. Yeah. So if you recall, uh, two weeks ago we had uh, it, the market started getting nervous with Fed officials, some Fed officials coming out and saying <laughs> mm, we're going to need to raise rates sooner rather than later. Uh, last week, Atlanta Fed President Bostic joined Bullard, and Bullard is the one that did it two weeks ago, um, in the hawkish camp, stating that the central bank may slow its asset purchase in the next few months. So that's tapering in the next few months. And that, quote, given the upside surprises in recent data points, I've pulled forward my projection for our first move in late 22. Hmm. So, so that, that's so a big pull so, forward. So, so sometime in 2023, coming out of the Fed's meeting last week, now this now we're talking is 22. saying- Next late, year. late 2022, late mm-hmm, 2022. Mm-hmm. So it's, at le- so at least right now, it's at least four, maybe five quarters away, maybe. Yep. So that, that's, know. that's in contrast, Powell's still in the, yeah, yeah, we've got, we got ways to go. Do Time think, will tell, but there's definitely, think, didn't the, Powell, the Fed is concerned. Yeah, right, right. But didn't Powell, I'm trying to remember, I think he testified this week somewhere, didn't he? Yeah, in front of Congress, yeah. Yeah, he did. He's, so, he, so can you imagine him while that's coming out, giving this guy shooting Bostwick dirty looks? I bet. Come on, man. I'm in front of Congress. What are you doing? <laughs> well, but that's you know that's one of the things about the Fed that I respect is is um, they respect differing opinions, yeah, right? It's, well, and it's 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 kind of interesting to let the market hear differing opinions. Um, what and another one's kind of interesting because China is such a massive economy and has such an enormous impact on the global economy. Uh, the the guys over at Bloomberg put together a little dashboard where they sliced and diced all the data coming out of China and found that inflation there, and this is really important because China is the biggest importer of commodities. Mm-hmm. Inflation in China peaked and is rolling over. Oh. Um, but and that will be you, know, you think, okay, why do I care? Uh, bond market, that's really good for duration because if inflation's rolling over, equity market, again, good for growth over value. Okay. And keep in mind, while we've been talking about lumber being, you know, oh, killing the home builders, lumber prices are down 50% from the May peak. It's just June uh, and are now so, back to where they were in August. So the wood is softening. <laughs> yes. Okay. What about the labor market? Well, we talked about the labor market. You were um, the one. You were the one who said yes, dirty we jokes. Can't, you were the one we, who we, said we, dirty we, jokes we, can't go away. We talked about the labor hey. market. Um, let's go to housing. So home prices have soared at a record pace into a record high, but new home sales fell five point nine percent in May to an eleven month low. Um, and it had April not been revised lower, that would have been more like a 10.9% plunge. So we're really seeing housing it, that it's, it's not what it seems from the headlines. Existing home sales fell 0.9% month over month in May after dropping 27 in April. That's the 
fourth consecutive month over month decline. At the same time, inventories are up 29% in an annual rate over the past six months, while sales have fallen 21%. So things are changing there too. Unsold inventory backlog has written to, risen to a 12-month high of 5.1 months, up um, in May from 4.6 in April and 4.2 in March. So housing, we're seeing shifts there. That that market is not on the same trajectory. It was on a big Yeah, the only, the only thing I'll point out is that 5.1 month supply is, is still historically a low. Very level. low. And, and you, you have to remember that just for context, that 12 month time frame is exactly when the housing market started to explode this time last year mm-hmm. because people realized, whoa, I need to vacation differently. I need to do something differently. I need to move out of the city. So I, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I just think that 5.1 is, is kind of a tough number to, to really think about at this point. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think it's important to realize that the dynamics in the housing market are evolving oh, and it isn't, it's, there's more 100%. than just, you see at the headlines. Totally um, agree. But if we look forward to next week, given that we're talking about housing, we'll be looking for the FHFA housing price index on Tuesday, and also the S&P case Schiller um, home price index on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we get May's pending home sales. And then if we're talking about the labor market, we'll be looking for ADP's employment change report for June on Wednesday. And then the usual weekly um, jobless claims on Thursday. And of course, the big labor report comes on Friday, the June employment report. Do you, do you think, so I'm just kind of curious on that. You know, I, I, I've been thinking in writing that as certain states pull out of the, um, the federal pandemic unemployment yeah. stimulus, that we'll start to see employment tick up. And I, I think it's going to get better you know, May was better than April. I think June will be better than May and we'll continue to step forward. But I, that blockbuster number, I don't think is going to happen until September. That's, that's what I think. What do you think? I think, so like in Wall Street Journal, in Bloomberg, I've been reading articles, I'm sure everybody's been reading these articles talking about how people are really looking at work differently, that the pandemic Mm -hmm. forced a lot of people to reevaluate their lives, where they're working, where they're living, how they're working. Mm -hmm. And what we experienced during that pandemic has really changed the way people view their lives and what they want out of life. I wonder if that is transitory (laughs) or if that's going to really stick um are people going to because you read reports about people quitting their jobs now saying you know what i i I don't want to go back to the office i really like being home being able to see my kids i like being more part of my family's life and i can't do that with a 60 hour work week and an hour commute each way right and I think, I think that is a year from now, let's talk and see, has that really fundamentally changed or is it something that's like coming out of the pandemic? People have these emotions, but it's all going to kind of fade and we'll go back to life as it was a year from now. So I, I agree that that's an unknown. I, I was yeah. just thinking more about all the reports that we've heard of people not going back to work, sitting home on the yeah. couch because of those extra unemployment benefits, right? Yeah. Those don't really expire until September 6th, yeah. I think it is. So we won't really so, know so until like Q, late Q3, Q4. October. Yeah. 
October is the real one. All right. Well, let's let let's shift gear. Was there any other economic data you're watching next week? No. All right. Well, let's well there's a little bit on uh, May factory orders. That's about May factory orders. The June ISM. That's on Friday. June ISM. Because uh, we're still looking to see those those PMIs. The manufacturing is this kind of rolling over. That's on Thursday. That's about it. Okay. All right. So let, let's shift over to earnings. And there, there was you know, a handful of reports this past week. I, I think the big three that people were looking at were Nike, which totally crushed expectations, uh, both from a physical and digital footprint perspective. Um, and they were up across the board in terms of geographies. No surprise uh, compared to year over year, but really the two-year stack numbers were off the charts as well. Um, you know, I think that's all because, let's be honest, Athleisure has been a huge hit, um, but what jumped out to me is that Nike says that Nike Direct is about 40% of its company's branded business. Now, Nike Direct is where they ship direct to consumers, meaning mm-hmm. that they don't deal with Dick's Sporting Goods or anybody else. So 40% of their brand business is direct. That is huge. They think it's going to go to 60% by 2025 with the biggest part of that growth, digital. So that's that's a huge number. The other thing that was that's good for their bottom line. I mean, you're taking out a middleman. Well, it also kind of speaks a little bit to that automation perspective that you were talking yep. about earlier. Less hands on the different boxes, yep. um, and they guided uh, their 2022 year, their May uh, fiscal end to 50 billion. The consensus revenue was 48 and a half billion. So Nike shares, I mean, unbelievable. Out of the ballpark. But absolutely. Just uh, do the it. other one that was. <laughs> is one of the greatest slogans, I have to say. Um, the other, uh, the second one was Darden, uh, restaurant operator, sorry, restaurant operator across the board, various price points with its portfolio. Uh, simply put, you know, people are flooding back to eating out, no surprise. So very confirming. But what you said earlier about the difficulties of attracting employees they yeah. said, look, the restaurant industry is going to continue to struggle attracting workers. That means that the, the overall experience may not be as good as people were hoping for or may be a little uh, less compared to what it was pre-pandemic. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm still going to go out to eat. I might have to wait in line. The tables may not turn as quick, but I plan on doing my part to stimulate the economy and eat <laughs> out. Um, the, the, the other one to talk about just in terms of... Um, staffing was FedEx. And look, FedEx put up good numbers year over year, but even they said that as we ramp towards the seasonally stronger second half of the year, we are going to have a tough time attracting people. So they're revisiting um, pay packages and hourly rates, but it's going to be tough, particularly as they look to really go head to head to gain e-commerce market share away from Amazon and really UPS. So that's going to be difficult. Um, two other quick things that kind of jumped out. One was more price increases. Corning, the, the glass company, said that they are going to have moderate price increases. And the reason for that, higher logistic costs and material costs. And then uh, paper company Sunoco Products said that they're going to implement a $50 per ton price increase for all grades of uncoated recycled paperboard uh, effective July 15th, which means... You'll be paying for more. Yeah, it is. It is incredible the amount of shortages that still exist throughout the economy. I, uh, as you know, uh, need to fix a painting. 
judgment, mistake, I went over to Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams will not give you samples because there's a paint shortage. So you can't get a sample. And the smallest you can get are these big cans. And a, while I was there, a couple of people came in and couldn't get the, the type of paint. I mean, they gave the color, but not the type of paint that they wanted because they were out. Like, what the? Huh? Uh, it's, look, I was going to- Still going on. Still going on. I, that global I, economy is, so we're not there. We're I, not there. It's going to take had, a bit more. As I, I had big plans to uh, pressure wash and reseal my patio. Sherwin-Williams, they don't have the sealers. Yeah. So I couldn't do it. Um, one area, though, too, that's actually kind of interesting, though, and it confirms what we've been hearing from a number of the airlines that things are heating up. Yeah. Delta said that it's planning to hire more than a thousand pilots between now and next summer uh, because of the rebound in travel demand. So it sounds like Delta is getting their act together, whereas I hate to report, Lenore, that the airline that you have to frequent quite a bit, yeah. um, American Airlines, wh what's, what's going on there? I can't believe it. I, yeah, they're uh, canceling hundreds of flights due to a staffing crunch. So looking at both of these and then taking mm -hmm. a bigger look at the, the broader economy, it is just not easy to stop the global economy and then start it again. Mm -hmm. And when we see the market price to perfection, record high after record high after record high, and yet you hear companies saying like, we have problems where a restaurant cannot hire just minimum wage workers. When has that been an issue? You've got American Airlines canceling flights because they can't get people to work so that they can get these flights. So you're actually cutting the supply of what you sell because you can't get work. That All of these together, this is not good signs for the economy to grow at record pace. And yet the market's expecting that. So it's just a little warning that we're seeing signs that this isn't the easiest thing to do. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, thankfully, uh, Peloton came out with something to help all those companies that are struggling with all the stress. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that was a good transition. I have. So to like, wait, wait, right, right. So, so they're, they're so they they're offering uh, the chance for employers to subsidize exercise accounts for their workers. I think it's a smart move, um, and it kind of ties in too as companies are embracing the work from home move. Yeah. which I think, which I, I think is going to stick around, but, but the real kickoff to the week was Amazon's prime day. Yeah. Not, tell me about that. That didn't go that well, did it? Well, it's not that it didn't go that well, right? They were still up year over year. I, I believe o, uh, Adobe analytics said that the first day of the two day event uh, beat um, digital sales of 5.1 billion for uh, in Thanksgiving in yeah. one day, in one day. Jeez. Now I know, now I know that I helped Amazon because oh, I, yeah, got, I, too. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got multiple boxes. Um, you know what the number one selling thing in the U S was for, hmm. from prime day, hmm. you know, no Roomba, the Roomba. I can see that. Yeah. I can I'm see home. that. And, and I'm annoyed by the dirt, <laughs> but I, I don't know, want to do it. I know. I know. <laughs> so I, I know. I know. And yet I, I, I did not partake in that. You know, I had uh, dog Roomba issues last year, yeah. which we don't need to go into. But no. um, but I will say, say too, I, house training a dog and a Roomba in the same good. location can lead to disaster. Um, it can lead to the type of spread that you don't want. I'll yeah. Um, I will say I also ordered stuff from Target and Target actually surprised on the upside, not only in terms of availability and price in terms of discounts, yeah. but 
I got the Target stuff before I got the Amazon stuff. Oh, touche. All right. Yes. Watch out, Amazon. So what are you looking for next week? So again, we still have another small week, um, but each day on really Wednesday and Thursday, there's, there's about three or four companies we're going to want to pay attention to. Uh, the first one is uh, Pernard uh, Ricard. Um, they are the upscale spirits company. They upsized their outlook last week, saying that consumption in restaurants and bars was far stronger than they were looking for. This, I think, huh. sets up a positive report for Constellation <laughs> Brands. So, so we're still drinking a lot because during the pandemic, no, we're drinking a lot. We're just not drinking a lot at home. That's all. So we're just doing so, it with friends now. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so when Constellation reports, we're, we're going to want to hear what they have to say about their at-home or on-premise consumption. And again, given their portfolio, is it beer? Is it wine? Is it alcohol? That's leading the charge. And again, because of their diverse portfolio with Constellation brands, is it standard premium or super premium varieties? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that are doing it. Um, we're also an idea of the from, consumers, what the consumers feeling about the future. Correct. You know, the, the, am the I buying flush, the good stuff or, uh, correct. Or do I got to economize? I, I, I don't mean to be judge, judgy, judgy. Who's buying bud. Seriously. Who buys bud? People who like I bud. Just, yeah, okay. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're also going to hear from general mills. Um, and we know that consumers are, eating out. We kind of heard that from Darden last week, but are they embracing breakfast out? Remember at one point breakfast was thought to be the holy grail and growth engine of the restaurant industry. So we'll be wanting to hear what they have to say. We're also going to hear what General Mills has to say about input prices and potential price hikes. And when I say price hikes, I mean not only those ones that they formally announced, but I mean those really sneaky ones too. Yeah, where they where shrink they the package. The price. Yeah. Price is the, the same, but the less inside, more air. Yeah. You open I mean, it up and you've got like like a tight like the box. It's like the normal size yeah. box, and you open it up and your cereal is like on the bottom fifth. Except That's for magic, it. except for magic spoon. But I will say this: When was the last time you bought a pound of coffee? Can't do it. You know why? At least not at the grocery store. Twelve ounce bags, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We also on 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 Wednesday we're we're going to hear from Micron uh, Memory Company. And, you know, everybody pays attention to their memory price forecast. So people are going to recalibrate that against what uh, device shipment expectations are for the seasonally stronger second half. When Micron reports, we're going to want to hear any and all comments that they say about 5G. And then on Thursday, one of my favorite companies ever, McCormick and Company, I love their seasonings. I love their spices. They're obviously going to put up a good number for their consumer facing business but it's the, re- it's the restaurant industry facing one, their flavor solutions business that I'm really interested in. That's gonna tell us how quickly the restaurant, restaurant industry is rebounding. But I also wanna hear about their integration of Cholula Hot Sauce and Fona International because McCormick's, even as big as they are, they do a number, a number of nip and tuck acquisitions. And I wanna hear if they think more on the way um, also Thursday, we're going to hear from Simply Good Foods. Uh, I know who they are. Not everybody does, but if reducing those pandemic pounds, that a hundred percent correct because of their Quest and Atkins products. So uh, one, I think they're going to put up a good quarter. I think their guidance is going to be good as we again start to put the world of sweatpants behind us and go back out into the world. Try to get rid of the little pandemic padding. Do- I can go all day. Yes, I can go um, all day. I, I no no. <laughs> 
I know you can. I'm just trying to the pandemic you know, pause. Certain words that we want. There's certain <laughs> words that we want to use and certain words we don't want to use. So I have to choose my words carefully. Um, but you are correct on that. I, I will say this though. I do want to understand: Are they seeing a, re a rebound in in-store? Are they just continuing to see their e-commerce business dominate? And then the last company I want to pay attention to is Walgreens Boots Alliance. The reason being is that when Rite Aid reported uh, this past week, they missed expectations and Walgreens shares are up about 30% year to date. So what are they going to say that is going to inspire confidence given what Rite Aid said? Uh, in other words, are they going to guide their 2021 EPS above the 467 consensus? And more importantly, Lenore, what is it going to say about Amazon moving into the yep. physical pharmacy space? The Death Star, the Amazon deflationary Death Star. It's, it's coming. I, I got to tell you what, I, um, as things have opened up, I, I've done my homework and my diligence questions, and I've asked people, are you shifting your prescriptions over to Amazon Pharmacy and leveraging Prime? And the vast majority of people are saying yes. Really? They Interesting. Are. Well, it, I don't have to go anywhere. I know it's going to show up. People have a lot of faith in Prime. I mean, yeah, I do. True. I certainly that's do. That's true. It does. It just it shows so, up. So and then there was I think there was one other thing. Um, there yep, was a yep. good news for the banking sector last week. Mm -hmm, that's right. We, we heard the from the Federal Reserve those stress tests. Woohoo! Yes. The uh, the banks have been under a lot of restrictions uh, since the financial crisis, where they they're a little levered, <laughs> weren't weren't quite so healthy. So the Federal Reserve announced that the 23 largest lenders are able to comfortably withstand a kind of severe recession, which paves the way for them to boost dividends and stock buyback programs. And we and so that came out late last late this past week. And uh, odds are that we could hear both dividend increases and upsizing of stock buyback programs from banks as soon as, well, this week. Stay tuned. And with that, I believe, Lenore, that is the week ahead. Cut the check. Mm -hmm. <laughs>